0: Because the trauma of infertility doesn't just go away. Hi, welcome to Diagnosis Infertility. I'm Andrea. I'm a health and life coach, and infertility warrior, and I want to normalize the trauma associated with infertility, but also make you laugh out loud at least once. If you're trying to wrap your head around fertility, maybe you have experienced infertility in the past, maybe you're worried about it in the future, or you're currently in the freaking trenches, going through it right now. Or maybe someone close to you is then this podcast is for you. Here we are all about being raw, telling it how it is, and giving you real action items to support your mental, emotional, and physical health. Because girlfriend, it's about all three. Okay, let's get started. Hey guys, I am so excited you're here today. So we're doing something a little bit different today. I have my husband, Mark, on, and he is interviewing a good friend of ours who is also a male, And they experienced a lot of grief and trauma as well when they were trying to conceive. This is a true, unfiltered and raw conversation between two dudes and their experience with wives who experienced loss and infertility. I hope you enjoy. Okay, bye.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Andrea's husband, Mark, uh, taking over the podcast for a little bit. I have a very special guest today. I Have uh, my good buddy Jared Rendell, whom I've known for uh, um, over half my life, I believe. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. We're for. I yeah, don't you-
2: know if we've ever put it like that.
1: No, that's probably true. Yeah, wow. it's very true. So the reason why we have Jared on today is, um, yeah, you know, Jared and his wife Anna have gone through some infertility things. They did not go completely into the infertility um, route with doctor's appointments. They had set one up prior to finding a few things out. Um, I'm not going to ruin anything, but I'm going to let Jared go into that a little bit. Uh, But fun fact about Jared and I, uh, we met each other as counselors at a a small Bible camp in northeastern North Dakota. And uh, during our first summer, one of my favorite, favorite memories... Is when we both came back after a really long weekend, and we had both broken up with our girlfriends.
2: That happened. <laughs>
1: that did happen. That happened.
2: Although mine didn't last because I married that girl. Oh, <laughs> she's upstairs right now. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh that's we, good. we had we had we had broken up that weekend, and and then we were never going to talk again ever. And it was two years before we before we did. Jeez, but yeah, I there
1: were, there I did not marry that girl. <laughs> um, she, she's great though. Um, but, but I did not end up, end up marrying you'd her. Like,
2: you like this one.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the one that I got. Um, but no, it's, uh, it's, it's very glad to, you know, I'm very happy to have you on here, Jared. Thanks for, for, uh, being willing to do this. And what, what we're going to be talking about today is kind of a dude's perspective about infertility, uh, because apparently we don't get it. Uh, maybe we get it, but we don't, right. if that makes sense um i'm gonna uh mention something that i'd mentioned in previous podcasts before and um as as part of the you know guys just don't get it when we had failed our sixth iui without getting pregnant and andrea was crying the response mm-hmm. that you should not say is what do you expect so um, yep bad news Oof. bad news how's
2: uh, yeah how's your foot and ankle and knee and upper thigh taste on that one
1: yeah yeah. it's about right
2: i so i was i was i was thinking about that what you're saying this concept of of um that we don't get it and where my brain eventually went as i was trying to remember back um ended up being sort of a change in words from don't get it to can't get it i don't know that we can i don't know that we literally can and it's sort of that like difference between sympathy and empathy Mm -hmm. Right like we can't be actually truly empathetic. Mm-hmm. we can't actually have we can we can go through with them, but at the end of the day, part of where where, where it finally got was being able to say, and I did not get there right away was being able to say, "I don't and can't actually understand what you're going through, but I'm here mm. Mm-hmm. And that's, there was the, made the most poignant time in my life where I, where I understood the difference between sympathy and empathy, right? I can feel right. bad. And it was also going through, I mean, we'll probably talk more about this, but was also going through something myself, right? Like, cause we're experiencing loss too, Right, but it's not loss in the same way. Correct. I didn't bleed. I didn't bleed like she did. Right. And I didn't, you know, and I all, of, so, um, so I was thinking how poignant that was, where I know I can't be empathetic. And once I finally realized that, it was a huge difference in how I was able to, to talk and act. And-
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Jared, before we get into a little more of, you know, guys not being able to get it, you know, why don't you share your story? Andrea has been very open about what we've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, but why don't you share why, why we asked you to, to join the podcast and, and uh, share your story?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Anna And I got married in 2007. Um, I had been working up at that camp that, that Mark and I met for for a couple of years. And um, we lived down in the Minneapolis, St. Paul, Twin Cities area. Now Anna Anna was down here. And so we got married in 2007. I uh, moved down here and, mm-hmm. you know, we settled into some things down here um, and hadn't really started trying for, for a couple of years. Uh, and then started, we started trying and it was uh, just shy of three years that we had tried um, okay. successfully to get pregnant. Um, and that was, that was hard in, in and of itself. And it has been looking back now, um, We've had to, and, and having, having kids now, we've had to give ourselves permission to remember that that was hard, <laughs> that was really, really <laughs> hard to, you know to look back. So it was about, it was about three years that we had tried. And uh, like you mentioned, we had, we had done, I think it was, we had done two appointments. Um, you know, the initial conversations to, to start, okay, what should we start doing? What are the, what are the different ideas and options? And we had one more appointment set to say, all right, here's going to be our,
0: this is the game plan. plan. Here's
2: going to be our infertility plan. We we're going to start with some medication things. We hadn't, we hadn't quite had to, you know, breach IUI, um, or, or things like that. But, um, would have, you know, we had talked about that. We had talked about the possibility of how, how far that might go. We we're going right. to start with some medication thing. So we were about to, we were about to pick and then she got pregnant. Um, we were back in North Dakota at a different, at a different camp. I, uh, and that, the, the, the pregnancy really early seemed fine. Um, and we were, so, 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 so happy, right? It had been years we'd been trying, we had started to realize this was going to be one kind of journey, not the, you know, maybe journey <laughs> we had hoped or expected. And so, so we had started to process that and, and then she had gotten pregnant. And so, so we were out there and part of what made that uh, really hard, even in, in the joy of it was we were really far away from all of our family. Right. We were a lot of hours from, you know, from at least our close immediate family. And so we, we weren't sharing that. And i say that because it made a difference then um uh just a couple of months in when after and i remember i remember the appointment there are these two appointments and i remember the first one because we had to drive we, had to, we were at this camp like this you know very rural camp we had to drive an hour and a half to get to the to that's get to right the clinic. so we and and that also sort of comes back in the story um and so we drove down to this appointment and, and I remember this doctor, like I can see her face that said, Oh yeah, you're doing great. Eight weeks along things, things feel great. Now we didn't get an ultrasound at that appointment. Okay. All right. That was, that was, um, you know, simple. That was an exam and, um, you know, and she was just feeling externally and are over, overjoyed. Right? And, and how the doctor reacted, um, was, was part of that. The confidence that, you know, that we were fine. This was going to happen. This was going to happen. Yeah. And we, she had no yet. She had no symptoms of anything going wrong early. This was still early, right? That was like eight weeks was that appointment. And so we started to tell people, we started to tell family, um, you know, hadn't fully quite broadcasted it to the world, but we started to tell people, everybody was getting excited. It was the first grandchild in our side of the family. And I uh, so then 12 weeks was going to be the first ultrasound. Okay. And, and I remember that room too. I remember sitting in that room and I remember the ultrasound tech going, are you sure you're this far along?
0: Ooh. You sure
2: you're 12 weeks? Yeah, that was, that was what it was supposed to be. And there, there was just nothing growing.
0: There, oh. there
2: hadn't, there hadn't been the whole time. Right. Um, and so I, that appointment turned into a turned into a, a lot longer one. Um but the ultrasound was pretty clear. You know, there was there's hadn't been there hadn't been anything actually growing. Um, you know, there was you know, use was growing, fluid was growing, but there wasn't actual cell development happening. And so sure. um that had stopped weeks before that. Before it was pretty clear, before that appointment of of yeah, this is great and, and being overjoyed. And so we were we were, of course. Crushed that that this we knew at that point this wasn't going to happen, and then I had that really really awful conversation of what do we do? Well, you just wait. Mm -hmm. You just wait for this miscarriage to happen now because there wasn't like there hadn't been bleeding there wasn't symptoms or anything yet. So drove the hour and hour and a half back to camp and I and cried a lot and cried some more and then we waited. Um. And then she woke up at 1.30 a.m. one night um, and I had started, had started bleeding um, and then it just didn't stop and it hmm. didn't stop and it didn't stop. So really early that, that morning, we packed up, packed up in the car and blankets and, and all of this and drove to the tiny emergency room and they basically immediately said, nope, keep driving. Um, really, In this small town. And so we drove the the full hour and a half down to the to the larger hospital where we were at. And so they obviously, you know, obviously everything was confirmed, but they had to do a, they did a, a DNC cause she, she uh, kept bleeding and then the bleeding wouldn't stop. So that was an awful day. So yeah. um, that was, you know, we had, we had, we had waited for so long. And so that was our
1: first miscarriage after, after trying for about three years and then you had a second miscarriage prior to having your oldest sam correct
2: in after after our oldest right so we've got we've got four kids now um and i and I you know sidebar again it always i thought about it coming on it always feels and I, and I know you guys have talked about this too it always feels interesting to have this conversation at all when mm-hmm. when you do have kids because yep. we know we know that they're you know and andrea's talked about this too that that like it almost feels like you shouldn't be. And then, and then you remember, like we said earlier, that no, these experiences were real, and they were yep. hard, and they were valid. And having kids now doesn't discount them at all. Incredibly blessed to mm-hmm. you know to have them. Absolutely, and, and they're great. And that happened. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we yeah about uh, know, printed again about six months later, and so many appointments where they would do ultrasound after ultrasound after ultrasound after ultrasound, um, and and that turned out fine. Um, so the birth of our oldest, the birth itself was really hard. Um, I, and, but he's, he's great. He's he's 11 now. Um, and then, yeah, we had another, uh, we had another miscarriage in between, um, in between Sam and Josie, uh, and two more after that. So, um, we've got four, uh, right now hadn't, you know, that was, so those, those two, those two miscarriages were, you know, were, our,
1: were our moments there in addition to the, kind of
2: almost infertility work that's right.
1: Oof. So yeah, Jared, you know, something crossed my mind as you and I've been talking. I remember when you had called me on father's day prior to having any kids to let me know that you were going to be a dad mm, Yeah. and Jared, you and I are pretty emotional. We're pretty sentimental. We, um, you know, we wear our emotions on our sleeve a decent amount, unless, sure. unless we, uh, Andrea might say that I don't know. I'll, I'll just lash out, <laughs> not in a bad way, not in a bad way, lashing out, mm-hmm. but making comments like, what'd you expect that type of lashing out? Um, yeah. but I'll never forget you and I had had that conversation on father's day when you called me to say, Hey, that's right. Yeah. And, and I are expecting this is a great father's day. And then, you know, however many weeks, it was later. It wasn't much longer. Really soon. Yeah. No,
2: that's, really soon after.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. That, that you because had that miscarriage.
2: Had, yeah. That's right. I forgot it was on Father's Day that we talked. I was so excited. Like I said, we had started to tell, you know, we started to tell people we had, huh, and and it was the beginning. Of, and we were out at this, we were at this camp. So like staff, like camp staff had started to come and we were, we were, it was a program leader. And so it was, you know, it was the, the, the busy, busy time. And this right. was happening this was happening in the, in the midst. Um, yeah, hmm. we we're like you, you know, like you said, we were, we were so rejoiced. We had told our, our close people and, and, you know, it was really, really close after that when, when we lost that one.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Number one for sharing. That's, it's powerful. I think that, you know, the more people that are willing to share their story, um, the better to to help normalize mm-hmm. what this is. Uh you know, one thing that I'm going to gonna have you mention towards the end of the podcast, so don't let me forget this, is when you had gone through that, Anna, being in a small community, didn't really have a lot of close, tight-knit people because you had just moved this community to mm-hmm. um to work at camp. So she found an online community that, you know, towards the end of this podcast, I can let you give a little plug for what she had done and how she had, you know, kind of made her way through that journey. Mm-hmm. but. You know the, what, what we're trying to focus on here is what you know. What else as as uh, you know the, the primary demographic of Andrea's podcast are women and and me, right? You know, and, and me. <laughs> uh, me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, um, <laughs> but, but what what do you think would be important for women listening to this, um, or even guys, but primarily women, the, the primary demographic to know about their spouse as this journey happens with infertility or miscarriage Mm -hmm. or or just trying to have a family, even as you you begin, before you realize anything's happening.
2: I think that it is helpful to know that we're going to try to fix it. Yep. (laughs) And there is, again, maybe nothing more, no, no time that's more poignant or clear that we can't fix this. Right. We can't fix this, but we're going to try anyway, and we're going to screw that up um, because it's our, it's our, it's our default, which is um, both at the same time, uh, you know, a strength and a overused defense mechanism. Cause we sometimes don't know what else to do, yep. um, but we're going to, we're going to try to fix it and. We're going to say a lot of the a lot of the the phrases. We're going to try to make sense of it. Um, we're going to try to make sense of this thing that doesn't make sense. Yep. We're going to try to make sense of these experiences that don't make sense. And we're going to try to interpret them. Um, and we're going to try to do things and and say things that will fix it and make it better. Um, these couple of, of miscarriages were, were big times for me. And I still am, am awful at this. But were growth points for me in just showing up and being present. And and attempting to fix less, and and be there, just be there more. Sometimes even in silence. Um, Yeah. But uh, we we still have it in our bones to try to fix stuff, so we're gonna try to do that. Um. So, so ladies, that means a little grace, and also even just like saying clearly, you're not gonna be able to fix this. Here's here's what I here's what I need from you. This shouldn't be on you to have to say that we yeah, but, should be able to figure this out,
1: but, but we're kind
2: we, of dense. Sometimes we are. And so, um, so when you, when you were having a, you know, a moment of your own emotional clarity to say, you're not gonna be able to fix this. I
1: just need you here. Um, is, yeah, is helpful.
2: Sometimes yeah. And, we don't get there ourselves.
1: and one, one of the things that I had, I picked up on you know, while, while I was going through it, I put myself in a fog in a sense, right. Where, right i didn't want to clear away the fog because i didn't know what was out there afterwards and it wasn't until i actually sat down with andrea on the first the first time when i did the podcast with her where she was asking me pointed questions where i started to reflect on how was i really feeling because i internalized a lot during that point in time but yeah. like you were saying i tried to fix it. i did everything that i could and uh, and to your point i we can't we just can't do it. But, you know, the, the thing that I will say is, as Andrea was researching, as I was doing some research, you know, we would try to do everything in our power to do what we could do to fix us individually, right? So, you know, right. reflexology, reflexology, um, you know, acupuncture, you know, weight loss, whatever, you name it. We were doing everything that we could try to do, but ultimately, we can't fix it. It's just, it's, it's going to happen, you know, through, you know, the grace of God or by, you know, the, the beautiful science that we have to help facilitate getting pregnant.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Both and, both Mm -hmm. and sometimes. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like the other kind of, I mean, this is related, um, but just the idea of, of control, um, the idea of. To what you were just saying, controlling is like you control what you can control, and you don't control what you can't control. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so hard when it when it gets down to it in these situations. When my wife's bleeding, or right. when when you you know you realize this is happening um, or not happening. There's and it's it's a hard one. And now, like it's something we try to teach our kids now. The like that you you do what you can and. And you don't what you can't, you know, right. both Those both of those things because that, because that is part of what is so insanely hard is that there is sometimes just plain nothing you can do. Yeah. And to feel that out of control is so hard.
1: Right. Absolutely. So we, before I forget, Jared, I had mentioned, you know, what Anna had done with her online community. What, why don't you share a little bit about that? Because as folks are going through this infertility journey, you know, one of the things that Andrea is trying to do is... Help consolidate and create that community online mm-hmm. for what and what Anna ultimately found her way to do while she was sharing her story, so't why don't, why don't you share a little bit about what she had done and how that was was helpful for her and then also maybe even helpful for you because you know for for me, I would always read Andrea's blogs when she was blogging, but I'd love to hear your take and what Anna had done and how how it affected your guys' relationship,
2: yeah. Yeah. She, and, and it was probably, you know, at least seated, uh, circumstantially cause we were out at this camp. We were, we were really alone in lots of ways, had a, you know, had a couple, had a couple friends locally. Um, so, uh, so she had, yeah, she had begun, um, a little bit throughout the, the year and change that we were at this camp to, um, to write a little bit more, um, which, you know, turned into a big part of her story overall and, uh, to make some to make some connections online. That started in some social, you know, some, on Facebook and things like that, some and, social media spaces.
1: And, and before you continue on, this is like early, early Facebook. So this is not, you know, what do you know of Facebook now?
2: This, this is Farmville time Facebook. <laughs> Farmville. And, and even, and even oh before, gosh. that's how you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I hear that's, that Facebook isn't even a, I mean, it's meta now, right? But, but now the social media stuff is all about Reels and TikTok and, Apparently, we are the older generation, Jared, because Facebook's outdated.
2: <laughs> it's old, old news. I. Uh, it is, yeah. Those those kinds of spaces are were a big part of this, you know, this part of our story for sure. Um, yeah. So she started to she had had started to make some of these connections, started to to do this, and and just build a little a little community around that started with family and friends, and then, um, had. I uh, stumbled into a couple of online communities from women, one of whom she now has been working for, for you know, those 10 years or so. Um, so that was a really important stumble into this right. uh, at a whole bunch of points of this story. Um, and so, so yeah, she, uh, she shared in particular with, with that first awful miscarriage. I um, uh, She, she shared that, she shared that in some social media spaces and then it was a big early part of her own, blog, you know, website, um, both, you know, kind of both of our miscarriages were, were an important part of that. And she wrote those stories out uh, a couple times, um, on, on her website and what that did, the, the biggest, when we look back, the biggest thing that that did, the thing that we were most shocked about is when we offered what happened into those pu- really public spaces, it gave other people permission. We got so so many, whether it was comments or individual messages, or I had I had my great aunt call us and say, "I don't know if you know this, but we had four miscarriages."
1: No
0: way. Don't,
2: you know what I mean? Like they, never, because you know, share that around the Thanksgiving table, right? In in family context like that, those are not like you know, like uh, lots of experienced and Andrea's talked about before. These are still stories that don't come out we at our at our church um four we did this for four or five years um right before mother's day we had and it was partly on the heels of like sharing these stories and we saw so, so many people started started saying this is how ours happened this is how this happened here's what we went through that we had never known before out of the work they came right so we it just gave some permission for others to to share their stories um, enough so that that our at our church this was kind of after our after a second one a little ways um there were we'd realized that there were there were some who had who had lost um really young kids you know something right after they were born and a couple way late pregnancy losses um, mm-hmm. in our church and so we had started a four or five moms kind of got together with one of the pastors and started this service um and they called the service unspoken and it happened right before mother's day and it was a service of kind of remembrance and healing for those that had experienced child loss of some kind. Hmm. And we kind of opened it up to the community and especially those first couple of years. Oh my gosh. And they came and, you know, and four or five people, the sort of message of the service, four or five people would share theirs, would share wow. that part of their story. And it was incredible. It was incredible. Um, you know, and there was just some blessing and healing that, that would happen at that service, but they called it unspoken because what was so clear and pointing is that these stories don't get shared. Right. They still don't get shared. That's why what Andrea is doing really, really matters because that permission and, and creating space for this matters mm-hmm. so, so much. Yeah. Um, because either, right, either <clears throat> they're going through it just themselves by themselves. Right. And, and the other person, hopefully, hopefully they have another person, um, are, are, uh, is someone who can't get it to our point today, right? Who, yeah. can't, who can't really empathetically get it. Hopefully we are there and we're doing a good job of, of simply being present. And, um, but, but we can't totally get it. And that's about the end sometimes of how far that network goes. So it ends up being so, so lonely. And those stories go so unspoken. So, mm-hmm. um, so Anna, uh, Anna had started to, you know, she wrote about it. Wrote about these on our website. It's it's still one of the most popular posts um, on her on her blog, um, and and ended up you know using using that in different you know different publications and stuff in her work now. So, like I said, the, the most poignant thing there was that it it gave permission you know, right. for others and that community. Um, one of the main communities that she ended up offering into, she ended up you know staying connected with.
1: <clears throat> right. Wow.
2: Did people come out? The stories came out once we once we offered it out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, I'm going to try and keep to our deadline. So, Jared, I want to say thank you again so much for free willingness to do this, willingness to share yeah. your story. I, uh, you know, know that Andrea and I truly appreciate what you and Anna um, bring to not only our friendship but also to uh, you know your willingness to share what your story sure. was. So, thank you so much for that. And we'll have Andrea post. Anna's blog site on the show credits or whatever they're called. I don't even know what they're called, but I think that's show what notes. it is. Show notes. They'll be on the show notes. So, all right. Thanks again, Jared. We'll we will chat soon, I'm sure. Thanks, brother. All right. Peace. See ya.
0: Thank you for listening in today. I hope it inspired you or maybe you awkwardly snorted out loud. Either way, totally cool. Now listen, those of us who really need to hear something like today's episode might need a gentle nudge to tune in please if you know anyone that would benefit from today's episode please text it to her right now and remember you are not a mess you are brave for trying can't wait to talk soon